Hey everyone, this is Danielle Gervino, and I'm the New York-based life and style blogger behind DanielleGervino.com. With a few successful years of blogging under my belt and a background in marketing and design, I'm taking you behind the scenes of the industry and sharing my tips and tricks for growing your brand. We'll chat productivity and design, social media, brand partnerships, growth, and more. I'm dishing out my honest, unfiltered advice and exclusive actionable strategies for monetizing your influence. This is Blogging Unscripted. Hey guys, welcome to our 14th episode of Blogging Unscripted. Today's episode actually stemmed from a DM conversation that I had with one of my blogging friends on Instagram and we were talking about Instagram stories. She was asking me for some tips and I said, you know what? I feel like this would be really great to turn into a full-fledged episode with kind of all of the strategies that I've used over the past year to really skyrocket my Instagram story views, what's working for me, what could potentially work for you. And so we're going to chat today all about leveraging your Instagram stories to create connections with your community and foster growth. Real quick before we get into today's episode, if you're not already a member of our community, make sure to hop on over to Facebook and come join our exclusive Blogging Unscripted Facebook group for bonus resources from this episode and all episodes. We have such an incredible freaking community of bloggers and creators from all different walks of life. We have so many incredible conversations going on daily, some really insightful questions and answers. And you can find our group by searching Blogging Unscripted while you're on Facebook, or you can just quickly visit bit.ly slash blogging unscripted on FB to go directly to our group. So let's talk about Instagram stories. When used the right way, stories can be such a game changer. And I feel like a lot of us know that, but we're kind of like, well, what's the secret? How do I get there? Uh, Spoiler alert, there's really no secret, but we're going to like lay it all out on the table today. We lately, just collectively as an Instagram community, have been starting to see this major shift from in-feed content to stories, which many people are now viewing exclusively over in-feed posts. I actually recently polled my followers not too long ago and I asked, what is the first thing that you do when you log on to Instagram? And just about 82% of viewers said that they went right to stories. So we're seeing a shift in people taking the time to scroll through their home feed or visit their favorite accounts and check out their new posts. And instead, our followers are logging on looking for those little pink rings at the top of their feeds and they're pressing play. And that's really all that they're there for. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I mean, for me, 82% of my followers, which was kind of shocking. I mean, I think about my own in-app behavior and I actually realized that it's pretty similar. If anything, maybe I'll scroll through like five or 10 of the very first posts in my feed, but otherwise... I'm kind of losing interest real quick and I'm heading straight to the action in real time on stories. So today I want to chat about some strategies that you can employ to really create a community within your Instagram stories, which is not only going to positively contribute to your engagement, but it's also going to help you grow over time. I also want to arm you with some really valuable information before we get into it, which are direct responses from followers about why they have made that shift to stories and how you can use that information to your advantage. 
I think one of the biggest questions that kind of looms over a lot of people is how do I do stories the right way? And I will tell you straight up, like I often do, that the right way is going to be totally different for you than it is for me, as it should be. I feel like we often see other creators trying out new story strategies and and say, hmm, I guess I'll give it a try, see if my audience bites. And while there is no harm at all at looking to others for inspiration, I think there's also something to be said for building a solid foundation versus bouncing around every time you discover a new idea. So we're going to kind of talk about building up that foundation today. The key things that I want you to keep at the forefront when it comes to stories are consistency, community, and content. So just think of those three C's. And we'll kind of break down each of these as we chat through the most effective story strategies in today's episode. So like I mentioned a second ago, before we chat strategy, I want to give you a really solid understanding of why so many of our followers have started to prioritize stories over in-feed content. The responses that I'm about to share with you are directly from my followers and may of course look different from blogger to blogger, but I do think that overall they lay a really great foundation for a general consensus of what's on people's minds. So after I did that poll the other week and learned that the vast majority of my followers are visiting stories more than in-feed posts, I asked why. And here are the responses. I got tons of different responses and so many of them were so similar. So I kind of bulleted them out and I'm going to tell you the responses that came up most often. So number one, stories are more authentic and in the moment with less filters and perfection. Number two, stories are more personal and engaging. Number three, my followers said there's more interaction on stories, which helps me get to know your personality better. Number four, there's more content and information and just generally more happening in stories. Number five, I like hearing a discussion rather than seeing an edited photo. So that kind of aligns with like the more going on. Number six, stories catch my eye right at the top. So for a lot of people, it's just kind of like a visual thing. Number seven, I visit stories because of the convenience and because they're easier to access. So for example, you don't have to scroll. You kind of just set your phone down, press play and listen. Number eight, I feel like Instagram shows the same posts repeatedly, whereas stories have fresher, more varied content. And this kind of goes along with the next one, which is that the stories algorithm tends to make it easier to find the people I want to see. And I actually got that response from quite a few people, which I found really interesting. And the last one is I'm just disinterested in non-video content. And I think that last one kind of speaks toward that major shift that's happening just on social media in general towards video content. And so it's a conversation for another day, but if you are not already prioritizing your video content on all of your social media channels on Instagram, IGTV, Instagram stories, in-feed videos, make sure that that is a part of your content for 2020. So all of these responses, what do they have in common? Stories are more authentic. They're more engaging. They're more personal. They're more convenient. They're just more of what people want to see. So Now that we kind of know our why, which I think is really helpful, and I do encourage you to ask your followers this too, ask them, how many of you go right to stories? How many of you go to the feed? And then when you find out that answer, ask, 
why do you go to stories? Why do you prefer it? And I think that you'll get a lot of similar answers, but if you get anything new, I'd love to hear it. Drop it in our Facebook group, shoot me a DM. I'm always kind of interested to see what's on people's minds from the other side. So I want to now dig into our how. We know that story content is obviously at the forefront of our viewers' minds, but how do we optimize it? So if you haven't already, press pause, take a quick break, grab a pen and paper, and let's talk through eight strategies for optimizing your Instagram stories. Number one, stay active. If you want like a surefire, easy way to stay at the front of your followers' feeds, and this has been huge for me personally, stay active on stories at all times. Now, before you start rolling your eyes, of course, I don't mean having your phone glued to your hip and posting to stories every hour, every new place that you walk into. You don't have to do that. But what it does mean is maintaining this steady, consistent flow of content. So a great way to kind of think about and strategize this is to think about your own in-app behavior. You're likely, I think a lot of us are doing this, logging into Instagram, A, first thing in the morning, or right when you get to work and need a second to chill before you've actually done any work, which is me. Um, B, you're logging into Instagram around lunch hour or sometime kind of during that mid-afternoon slump when you need an effing break from work. Also me. Or C, in the evening or after dinner or while you're watching a show and you just need a little distraction kind of as you're winding down. So you're visiting stories morning, afternoon, and night. Knowing this, Other people are probably doing the same thing as you. We're all doing it. So try to set a goal to have three pieces of content to post during those three times. And here's an example of what that might look like for me. So for my AM, and by the way, for those of you who are brand new here and don't quite know me yet, um, I do encourage you to pop all the way back to episode one, which is kind of like my backstory. But I will say that if you don't know, I work full time. So I work full time, I blog, I podcast, and somehow, you know, most days it's a shit show, but I kind of, I try really hard to make this balance work. And so this is how I kind of strategize. So in the AM, I'll post a three to four frame workwear share. Really quick, really easy, takes two minutes, sharing my work outfit for the day. Period. That's it. Go to work. Put down Instagram for a little while. In The afternoon, I will maybe post like a five to 10 frame static slide story of maybe seasonal pieces that I'm shopping or a sale. And remember that this is based on my personal brand. These are the things that I'm sharing based on my niche, based on my audience. And this is just kind of an example. And then at nighttime, I might post like a five to eight frame recap of my day or my weekly plans, what I'm cooking for dinner, or just any random discussion topic. So essentially, that's three really quick, effortless pieces of content, which is translating to anywhere from 13 to 22 stories for the day, which is plenty. One way that you can also make this easier for yourself is to designate certain days of the week to series content, which will allow you to plan ahead. And we'll chat more about this in a sec. So I want to move on to number two, which is vary your content so that it stays fresh. So instead of talking for 20 slides a day, every day, break it up. 
I personally love being able to visit someone's stories where I can expect a variety of content. And I think that collectively our followers like that too. So for example, maybe I will watch a quick beauty review followed by a try on, followed by sale picks, followed by what's for dinner. And I find that most people are more likely to stick around when your content is varied. So here's a tip. Try starting your stories off for the day with a face-to-face clip. I find that viewers are way more likely to invest in what's next rather than dropping off. So moving on to story strategy number three, ask for feedback and follow the F through. That follow through is so important. What your story audience wants to see might surprise you. And knowing this, knowing exactly what they want is going to help you provide the most valuable content to your viewers. So I like to do a quick temperature check with my audience every few weeks to see what they're currently into, what type of content they'd like to see more of, less of. And I always make it a point to share my results with them. I think people like that. It's like taking a quiz and not seeing your results. Like obviously that's the most exciting part. So I always try to share like within that week uh, when I do a poll like that. So when I do this, I typically start by introing with a few quick face-to-face slides along the line of, so we're moving into a new season and I'd love to know what you're really looking forward to on stories. Your feedback's so important to me and I'd love it if you could take a quick sec to answer a few questions for me. If it's something that's really important to me and if it's something that I know is gonna be a little long, sometimes I will just incentivize my followers with something so simple like, if you get through all of the questions as a thank you, I'm gonna send two of you coffee on me for the week. And it just makes it a little bit more exciting. It makes it a little bit easier to get through with uh, the promise of potentially getting some free coffee. So just something simple like that sometimes. You don't have to do that all the time, but like I said, when I have a longer survey and I know it's gonna be a little bit like pulling teeth with a lot of long answer questions, that's what I'll do. So I also always try to mix in a few polls amidst my long answer questions um, just to avoid drop off from people feeling like they're taking too long of a quote survey. So in these quick temperature checks surveys, I'll ask my followers questions such as, what has been your favorite thing that you've seen on stories this month? Or maybe something like, what would you love to see more on on stories? And this helps me to audit my current content and it helps me to plan a little bit ahead knowing what people are wanting to see more. And this kind of flows into strategy number four, which is ask for interaction. If you want your audience to interact, create a foundation that's based on them. So I'm talking polls, Q&As, quizzes, topics encouraging further discussion in DMs, and these are just a few of the ways that you can really outright ask for that interaction. You have to put yourself in the mindset of creating content scenarios in which you're encouraging your viewers to interact. So for example, if you're sharing a try-on, I think that most of the time we think, well, I'm just kind of sharing my pieces. Um, Maybe I'm sharing about the fit or how you can style, but take it a step further and try including a, would you wear this poll? Or a, which outfit was your favorite question box at the end of your try-on? Or follow up with a, I'd love to create an IGTV on multiple ways to wear X. Which piece would you be most excited about seeing styled? So there's always little ways that you can kind of weave in asking for that interaction throughout your stories. 
So on the other hand, if you're popping onto stories to do a daily recap or to just say hi, ask your followers questions. Not only does that encourage interaction, but it keeps the conversation flowing and it keeps them engaged and feeling like they're as much a part of it as they can be for being on the other side of a screen. So here's a tip. If you're feeling like your face-to-face stories are falling flat, it might be because people aren't listening. 55% of my viewers, more than half, said that they don't listen to IG stories. So whether that's because they're at work or out or in any kind of scenario where they just can't have the volume on, I always make sure to add caption text to the bottom of my stories. This does not have to be verbatim, but instead it could just be a quick overview of what you're sharing and it makes a big difference. I think that we oftentimes fall into the rut of my followers aren't watching or interacting with my stories. And sure, if you look at your following count as a whole, you're only going to see a small percentage of your total following who are actually viewing your stories, just the same as that small percentage of your total following who are liking your photos. But that being said, we need to start looking at our story audience as a separate audience to our in-feed audience. So instead of worrying about who's not watching and interacting with our stories, we need to prioritize who is. So cater to the content that they want to see most, because after all, the ones who are actually there and watching your content are the ones who matter, right? I mean... I don't care about the people who aren't watching, who aren't interacting. Of course, I want to bring those people who aren't watching and interacting to stories. But while you're in that content creation process, you need to worry about the people who are there in the first place. So that brings us to strategy number five, which is create a series. So another way to encourage interaction is to create a routine for your followers where they know what to expect and to give them a reason to keep coming back with something that they can look forward to. So this could look like a weekly ask me anything. It could look like a Tuesday tip, a beauty Tuesday, what I wore Wednesday. I'm throwing out really generic names here, but think about creating a piece of recurring story content that varies slightly each week but encourages followers to come back. Maybe you're sharing a new 20-minute meal in a cooking segment every Friday, or you're having a Mom Talk Monday type of discussion where you're encouraging a sense of community through a shared experience. And if you're not sure where to start with a series, come up with a few ideas that you think might be fun to talk about and ask your audience for that feedback. Strategy number six don't forget your tags. We got a lot of questions in our Facebook group about hashtags and stories. And so I'm going to break it down for you. And I think that after I do, you're going to agree with me and kind of have a sense of understanding. So hashtags and geotags on stories. Yes, we know it's a great area for a lot of people. Um, A lot of people in our Facebook group said that you max out your tags, but you don't quite see a return in increased viewership. And I think that's because we need to shift our mindset from views to conversion. So I don't personally use tags in every story, but here are the scenarios in which I do. 
My primary goal for using tags is to reach a new viewer through a story that's going to provide enough valuable content to convert them into a follower. So if I'm using stories to recap my day, I am not using any tags because I'm not providing any immediate value to someone who doesn't already follow me. So instead, I focus on using tags, for example, when I'm sharing a helpful tip. So like when I share a new Instagram hack, in that type of scenario, a viewer who doesn't already follow me is going to be much more likely to see value in that content, invest and convert into a follower. I also use tags personally for my brand in my styling videos to catch the eye of a potential follower who might want to follow me for style inspiration, for example. So Although valuable content is always, always, always our main goal, what may be viewed as valuable story content for a follower may be irrelevant to a non-follower. So it's really important to keep that in mind. For the stories that you do a quick audit on and choose to tag, be intentional with your hashtags. If you were someone searching for the type of content that you're about to post what would you search for? I want you to think more along the lines of a search engine when it comes to stories. So for example, instead of hashtag Tuesday tip, try hashtag Instagram tips. Instead of hashtag Wednesday wardrobe, try hashtag trench coat, hashtag spring outfit, hashtag styling tips. Put yourself in the mind of someone who's actually using a hashtag on Instagram to find a piece of helpful content. All right, moving along. Strategy number seven, utilize your story highlights wisely. Your story highlights are really important part of your Instagram stories, and they can often be teaser content for followers visiting your feed for what to expect on stories. So oftentimes I visit people's profiles and I see a ton, actually this happens all the time. I see a ton of scattered story highlights with really hard to decipher titles and useless content. Your highlights should be intentional and educational. And I really, really recommend doing a mini audit of your story highlights. You can ask yourself things like, does this highlight serve my audience and how? Does my highlight title clearly describe the content within the highlight? And is the content within the highlight up to date? I think that last one, the up to date, you'll find that you can take a lot of things out. I do this mini audit for myself every few months and there's a lot of content that I'm like, shoot, that is no longer relevant or that code expired or that doesn't need to be there. So it's just really important to be asking these questions for yourself. I mean, put it on your content calendar if you need to. Every two months, do a little Instagram story highlight audit, clean it up and start fresh. Chances are you're going to be able to clean out a ton of content and reshape your story highlights so that they're way more useful to your followers. I also find it really helpful to remind my followers every month or so what they can find within my highlights. This is a really great simple directive for new followers or followers who just aren't already utilizing highlights where you can break down a short description of each highlight and what they can find in each one. So we're going to round out our tips with perhaps the takeaway I think that you need to hear most, which is number eight, give it time. I 
actually do think that this is probably the most sound advice that I can give you on the topic of stories. You guys are impatient AF. I'm talking to you. You are impatient and you need to be more patient. I received so many questions about how to increase story views. And I think a lot of you want this instant gratification. I get it. I mean, who doesn't love instant gratification? But it just doesn't, if you really want that good growth, it's not going to happen instantly. So I think while these past seven tips are really key for building and maintaining that great foundation, you have to give it time. If you are just starting to prioritize your story content, or even if you're gearing up for a major stories revamp and like you're ready to like really start fresh, understand that your views are not going to magically skyrocket overnight. They're not going to magically skyrocket over weeks or months even. Remember that you're essentially retraining and re-educating your audience on what to expect on stories how you'll be mixing up your content, what days to be sure to tune in. Um, You're re-educating them on interacting and engaging with story content and so much more. So it's going to take a long time. It might take months to see this shift, but keeping at it and really building that foundation is going to pay off in the long run. I promise. Just be patient. So those are my eight tips for optimizing your Instagram stories. And If you're really looking to start fresh, if you feel like you have a long way to go on stories, my advice is to just kind of hone in on one strategy per week and really focus on perfecting one before moving on to the next. All right, take a deep breath. I want to shift gears before we get into questions and talk a little bit about story reach rate and story partnerships, which was a source of a lot of questions also. So what's an ideal reach rate for your following count and what should you be charging for story content, especially now that stories are being prioritized by more and more brands? So reach rate is really simply put, your story views on any given day divided by your total follower count. So for example, if I had 10,000 average daily story views and 100,000 followers, my reach rate would be really high. It would be 10%. So in general, the larger your follower count, the smaller percentage of viewers you'll reach with your Instagram story. So the more that you grow the less of your whole audience as a percentage is going to be viewing your stories. That doesn't mean that your story views are going to decrease as you grow. It just means as if you look at your following count to your views as a whole, as you get into those new following brackets, that percentage is going to be a little less. So reach rate itself is heavily determined by the algorithm's feed and story order, but is impacted by things like your audience activity, time of day, engagement, and more. Also remember that that viewer engagement signals to the algorithm that people want to see your content. So continuously encouraging that interaction and engagement is going to play a really key role in increasing your reach rate. So I will be sharing updated reach rate visual charts from Rival IQ's 2020 benchmark report in our Facebook group as one of our resources from today's episode. So quick note, if you're new to our podcast, every time that a new episode drops, I post an episode thread in our blogging unscripted Facebook group with 
an episode description and a rundown, and most importantly, a link to all of the resources that are mentioned throughout the episode. So in our episode thread for this episode, you will see a link for these charts. And again, you can join our group by visiting bit.ly slash blogging unscripted on FB. So here's how the reach rate as it correlates to following count breaks down. I'm going to say this slow because it's like so many numbers, but I want you to be able to visualize it. So for creators with 10,000 followers and under, so the really, really micro micro, the average story reach rate is quite high. It's 8.4%. When you get into that next group and you're a creator between 10,000 and 50,000 followers, the average story reach rate drops down to 5.4%. Then when you get into the next bracket for creators between 50,000 and 100,000 followers, the average story reach rate is 3.5%. And that high, high bracket with creators with 200,000 followers and over, the average story reach rate drops to as low as 2.3%. So Going back to my example before, if I had 10,000 average story views and 100,000 followers, my reach rate would be 10%, which is 6.5% higher than average. So if someone with 100,000 followers is getting an average of 3,500 views per story, they hit right at that median reach rate. So definitely make sure to pop over to our Facebook group to see the full diagram. It's really interesting. I think I like to see it visually better. It's just easier for me to kind of understand. Um, And it's interesting also to see how reach rates have dropped from 2019 to. Shifting gears a little bit, the follow-up question to how many story views should I get in then becomes, well, based on my story views, how much should I be charging for an Instagram stories collaboration? And my honest answer here is that it depends on the brand and it depends on the requirements, even more so that when you're determining your rate for an in-feed photo post. So for me personally, although video content, Instagram stories are both easier and less expensive, less money out of my pocket to create. So if I measure up the time that goes into a series of three to five Instagram stories versus the time that goes into a planned and stylized shoot in the city with a professional photographer with travel, including editing and post copy, it's night and day. With the stories, I can sit in my room in the middle of the day, put a little bit of makeup on and be done in five freaking minutes. That's the beauty of stories. That being said, currently my story engagement also far, 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 far outweighs my in-feed post engagement. So I have to kind of be mindful, knowing that stories are easier, but my engagement is higher. I have to be mindful of how I can capitalize on that while still being fair to the brands that I'm working with. So I know that you want to hear a baseline rate, but for example, the work that goes into throwing together a few static product pictures filmed in your bedroom and posted to stories versus a fully styled and edited IG stories like try on for a brand filled with swipe ups. It's totally different. So there really truly cannot be a baseline rate. I find it harder to baseline for stories just because story content itself can cover such a wide scope of work. So you have two choices here. You can base your rate per story post 
on your reach rate, or you can base your rate per story posts. I just said based, like I'm basting a freaking Thanksgiving turkey, or you can base your rate per story post on your deliverables using your in-feed post rate as a benchmark. And I personally choose the latter. So for a series of say three to five run-of-the-mill Instagram stories that don't require a lot of outside editing, I usually charge about one-third of my post rate. Whereas for a series of stories that require a little bit more editing and dedicated time, I will charge about a half to three-quarters of my post rate. And this is, again, for me personally, your strategy might look different. I honestly, I'm speaking, you guys know that I speak very candidly with you. I make this shit up as I go. And I think that that's okay. Of course, I'm taking a long, hard look into the deliverables, into the time it's going to take me, into how much prep work I'm going to have to do, into the actual posting of the stories, how much effort is that going to take. But after I do that, I'm just like, hmm, I think this is fair. So you have to just kind of go with your gut. I think using your post rate is a great place to start. And then you can base your stories rate off of that. So to close out this segment, I want to end with a question from our Facebook group, which was, when can you start charging brands for Instagram stories? I didn't want to skip over that because I think it's an important question that a lot of people wonder, especially those who are just starting out or maybe have like 10,000 followers or under. And my answer is really plain and simple. If you're putting in your time and your work, then you should be charging, period. If you are just jumping in and you want to get more into the whole rate conversation just in general, definitely make sure to pop back to our three-part pitching series. We talk about media kit, we talk about rates, we talk about negotiating, and it is just packed with a lot of good content. So I want to move on to our Q&A. We have a few, quite a few questions today. I tried to weave as many as I could kind of into the content that I already wanted to give you, but we have some really great additional questions to round off the episode. So let's get right to it. Question number one, I have a hard time being consistent on stories throughout the day because I have a nine to five job. Any ideas on how to be more present throughout the week? We actually had quite a few similar questions about this topic and guys, I'm in the same boat. So working full time, I do the bulk of my face to face stories after work on weekdays. And it's just for me become routine and what my followers expect. And that works for me. For my morning and afternoon content, kind of like we talked about before, having a piece of content for AM, noon, and PM, I set aside time to plan on weekends so I can have a few pieces of static content each day and don't have to worry about thinking it up on the fly, although there are definitely days where this happens too. So I have found that the majority of my followers watching stories are really just looking for everyday life. So I take my face-to-face time after work to chat about work, what's going on, maybe stressors or a funny story from the day, weekend plans, what I'm cooking, work-life balance. And I honestly just, I talk to my followers like I'm sitting down talking to a friend and I've seen a really positive response from that. So don't be afraid to just get on and chat. I mean, I'm not here telling you to ramble for 20 slides, but don't be afraid to check in, say hello, 
you know, tell a little bit, a little snippet from your day and have that be your face-to-face for the day. That's okay. And a lot of times it's what our followers want to see most. They just want to see the behind the scenes and what you're really doing. All right. Our next question is what type of posts tend to resonate most with your viewers? And again, this is for me, but personally, I see the most interaction from A, chatting about personal topics, B, try-ons, and C, just like little snippets of everyday life, like my dog or my husband, just, just normal life. I find that the personal topics and the everyday life encourage more private discussion uh, or one-on-one connections or just like little comments via DMs, uh, whereas try-ons encourage more questions and comments. But the main theme here is that they're all, for me, those types of stories are what encourage the most interaction. Next question, how do you tie in your post for that day in vice versa. So I think this person's asking like, how do you use your static post that you posted on Instagram and share it on stories? And how do you use your stories and share it on your Instagram feed? And by the way, this is a strategy that we should definitely all be doing because there are, like I said, we should be thinking kind of as our in-feed and our story audience. We should be thinking about them as separate entities. So if you're doing that, there are people who are seeing stories who are not seeing the feed and vice versa. So Utilizing stories are a great way to send your viewers to your feed. I find that things like a teaser or a cliffhanger are often the most likely to send my followers to my feed. So you can do things like hide a little part of your photo and tease what you're wearing. So for example, the jeans I can't live without. Or you can tease part of your post caption. And a great way to do this reverse and to direct followers from your story to your feed post, on the other hand, is to tell more of the story behind the post with an in-feed CTA like, head to my post to see, dot, dot, dot. And then you can show either like a behind the scenes of how the shot was made. You can share a piece of video content that you recorded. You can share a funny story behind the post, your planning process. I think the key is to just peel back the curtain. Uh, And I think that doing this in a more informal setting on stories is a really great way to get your viewers interested and to bring them in. Next question, swipe ups. How much is overkill? I think that you're going to find the most success on Instagram stories from balanced content like we talked about before. So while I think that dedicating a day to share like a bunch of sale finds or a try on that contains lots of swipe ups is totally fine. I think that the majority of your viewers are looking for more than just that period. And again, this goes back to tip number two, which is varying your content. So it's okay to have these segments where you're sharing and you have a lot of swipe ups that works for me. There will be days the other day, for example, Aerie had a major sale on bathing suits. I know a lot of people are traveling and looking for swimmer. And so I shared maybe, I don't know, 10 in a row, just static slides with swipe ups. And that was fine. But I think the key is to then get on, do your face to face Uh, get on, show what you're making for dinner, get on, tell a story from your day and just kind of make sure that it's not all of the same thing all the time. Next question, how do you keep consistent story themes? So I think, and I'm so sorry that if I'm answering this the wrong way, but I think that this person was talking about like visually, aesthetically, um, how do you create like those 
how do you keep it consistent with the backgrounds and the templates that you use? So I'm going to answer it that way. So speaking as someone who works really hard to curate their feed, I am so much more laid back when it comes to Instagram stories. So as I shared above and as we talked about, so many people we know are coming to stories for like that less filtered, more authentic, in the moment type content. And so I really wouldn't recommend spending too much time on curating your stories. That being said, I do have a few templates and fonts that I love to use continuously and I've kind of branded them and I just use them all the time. It's easier for me to do that. And I make most of them in either Unfold, Over, or Canva. So those are like my top three apps for creating those consistent story themes. If you want a few static slides that you can kind of share for weekly shares, etc., that are branded, you can just simply pull from a few app templates and integrate your theme, your colors, your fonts, etc. Next question. I know the trend is aiming towards video, but how can you use stories to leverage things like blog posts, Instagram posts, etc.? And this is kind of similar to a question before, but I just wanted to touch on it quickly because my answer is one word and it's really quick and it is clickbait. Share enough to create an interest, but not too much that viewing the actual content becomes irrelevant. Think teasers, behind the scenes, cliffhangers, and ask yourself, what would you stop for? Next question, what apps do you use to make your creative videos and graphics for stories? So I will give you a rundown of my three most used apps, but I'm also going to be dropping a recent Tuesday tip, which is um, what I share every Tuesday in my Instagram post that contains 25 of my favorite apps to uplevel your content. And I will share this as a resource in our episode thread. So make sure to keep an eye out for that in our Facebook group. So that being said, my three favorite apps or my three most used apps for video content in my Instagram stories are InShot, Overpro, and Unfold. So first up is InShot, which is a video editor, and it is my favorite video editor. It's really user-friendly. It has lots of great editing capability, and I use this to make all of my in-feed and story content under five minutes. For longer videos, I personally prefer editing on my desktop on I, in iMovie, um, but for everything that's short and sweet and that I want to maybe add a transition to or a cool filter or a sticker, I use InShot. Overpro is also one of my most used apps. And because it's one of my most used apps, I choose to use the pro version, but you can also use over for free. This is where I create my fonts for stories, my templates, and my in-feed post share backgrounds. P.S. If you missed it, I recently did a really cool tutorial for how you can add a background to your photos when you're sharing an in-feed post to your stories. So you can pop over to my Instagram at Danielle Gervino and check out my story hacks highlight. And the last one is Unfold, which I think a lot of us are probably familiar with. And this is another great app that remains one of my favorite IG story editing apps. It's It's been so for a few years now. It just has a lot of simple and clean designs that make it really easy to add text to stories and videos. Moving on, our next question is, 
So many of my viewers have requested a 5 to 10 daily deals, finds, hacks type of thing. I feel inauthentic to constantly share deals and sales for things that I don't currently have and can't give an honest review for. At the same time, I also don't want to be repetitive in what I've shared several times before. How do I get ahead of the game? So I personally, and this is just my opinion, but I think that it's totally okay to share finds or deals for things that you don't currently have. I do this all of the time with style finds just to give people inspiration for what I'm personally searching for and what is catching my eye. I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to what you're most comfortable with. Obviously, if you're sharing a full-fledged review, I recommend it being a product that you have tried before or that you have a piece that you have worn before. But if you're wanting to just share for fun, for inspiration, for things to keep a lookout for, I don't see anything wrong with sharing things that you don't already have. All right, our last question. Sometimes I just don't know what to say that would be meaningful to my audience. Ask them. Like I mentioned earlier, meaningful could be your everyday life that you might see as boring, but others see as content that allows them to get you to know you better. For a really long time, my audience asked to see just day-to-day stuff. And for a really long time, I put it off because I thought, well, uh, I wake up, I go to work, I cook dinner, and I go to sleep most weeknights. So why would I share that? But Honestly, it turns out that people just wanted to chat as if I was calling a friend and telling her about my day. Oh my God, this happened at work today. Oh, I actually found a really great quick dinner recipe for tonight. Uh, Did you see that Ari was having a sale today? I just bought the swimsuit, even though I totally have nowhere to go. Speaking of nowhere, I need to plan a vacation. Any recommendations? So things like that, little things like that, you'd be surprised at how much that you can come up with and how engaged that your followers will be on just everyday things that they can relate to you on. I also want to note here that meaningful might also translate to a conversation that happens as a result of a story that you post. So prioritizing those one-on-one connection is so important to converting a new viewer into a loyal follower. So just make sure to always carve out that time to respond to every DM that you received from your stories. So with that, we're going to wrap here for today's episode. And if you still have questions, of course, you know that you can let me know by sending me a DM on Instagram at Danielle Gervino, or you can post your question to our running Q&A thread in our blogging unscripted Facebook group. And one more time, if you are navigating to it for the first time, you can join at bit.ly slash blogging unscripted on FB. I recently read reviews for the first time in so freaking long. It just kind of got in the back of my mind and I haven't checked. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, and I I can't, and I will never be able to say it enough, but thank you. You guys are amazing. Just the, the really like kind words and the heartfelt messages that you post on your reviews mean so much to me. And I just really appreciate you guys and the awesome blogging unscripted community that we've built. So if you haven't already, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to come say hi. Here's my spiel. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Danielle Gervino and at blogging unscripted. And I will see you guys for our next episode. Chat soon.